another episode of Beer, Brats, and Booyah. This is episode eight. Today is Thursday, March 14th. I'm Marty Lemons, former intern at 105.7 FM, The Fan. And with me, as always, is co-host and overall Wisconsin sports enthusiast, Tyler Albers. Coming to you live from River West in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It's our Everything Wisconsin Sports Podcast. Tyler, how are you doing this evening? Marty, I'm doing great. Uh, I got to listen to Jimmy Nelson pitch the other day. Unfortunately, he wasn't on TV, but uh, despite the runs he gave up, which I don't care about because of spring training, uh, he struck out three batters, dialed it up to 94, and got a standing ovation from the crowd to boot. Yeah, that must have felt pretty nice for him. Uh, and other Brewers news. Christian Yelich today had another home run. Uh, that, makes, uh, that was a two-run home run for him today. And uh, Keston Hira, also uh, in his last four starts, has three home runs. So uh, looking pretty good for the Brewers' second baseman and uh, former MVP. On other Wisconsin sports news, we got the Wisconsin Badgers uh, playing in the Big Ten tournament tomorrow against Nebraska at the United Center in Chicago. Nebraska coming off an upset victory against Maryland, who's ranked 21st in the nation. Uh, they went down today to Nebraska in the second round of the Big Ten tournament. The third round starts tomorrow. Uh, Badgers taking on Nebraska at 2 p.m. It's going to be on the Big Ten network. But no one wants to hear about that. There is some big news in Titletown on Tuesday, and we're going to celebrate that. Packers fans, you know that sound. That's the sound of a Packers touchdown. It always sounds good in Green Bay. Little Todd Rundgren banging on the drum all day. Nothing better than that. We do have some, uh, a big splash in free agency market on Tuesday. We signed four guys to multi-year contracts, uh, all within a few hours. It was a bang, bang, bang kind of a thing. Uh, it was really wild to watch all that roll in on Twitter on Tuesday. Uh, Tyler. Give us your take on these four signings. Yeah, Marty, like you mentioned, uh, all signed within a short period. I think we had them all signed before uh, before noon. Uh, something that has never happened in Packer Nation, and people are already talking about this free agency could be as big, if not bigger, than the Reggie White era free agency. I mean, some people are getting ahead of themselves, but you know what? Let them be excited because finally we have a GM that's going to go out and get some people to improve our team. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Um, we talked about it before going on air. Uh, just mentioning how in years past, we didn't even really care about the free agency day being a Packer fan. We just kind of tuned out. It was like, oh, whatever. Packers aren't going to really do anything. And it didn't really didn't bother me all that much. It was kind of fun to watch everyone else down the line. Um, but it's definitely nice to get in and get in on the fun. Yeah, let's do a little let's, let's do a little breakdown of the the new toys that the Packers coaches get to play with. Um, Zadarius Smith, outside linebacker, signed a four-year, sixty-six million dollar contract, twenty million guaranteed. We're not gonna really break down the money because NFL contracts are funny. So I really don't care how much he made. I just care right now that he's on the Packers. He's a 
former fourth-round pick by the Ravens. He was taken 28 spots before the Packers drafted Ty Montgomery. No longer a Packer. No longer a Packer. You'll sense a theme throughout this show. Uh, last year, Zedarius led Baltimore with 8.5 sacks as uh, he was part of a pass-rushing rotation. Um, a couple interesting things to note, um, even though the Packers last year had the eighth most sacks in the NFL, uh, combined Clay Matthews, Kyler Fackrell, Reggie Gilbert, and Nick Perry, our outside linebacking core, only combined for 87 total pressures. Marty, how many pressures did Darius Smith have last year by himself? According to the notes you typed up here, uh, he's got 60 pressures. By himself. A lot of people are going to look at the sacks and say 8.5 sacks, big whoop. Why are we paying this much money to a guy who didn't have 15 sacks last year? First of all, if he had 15 sacks last year, go look at D4's contract. That was worth over $80 million. Right now, what we're going to care about is pressures because even though you don't sack the quarterback, if you get in front of the quarterback's face, if you pressure him a little bit, someone else could sack him. He might throw the ball away. He might throw an interception. And according to the numbers that I just said, 87 total pressures for our entire outside linebacking core last year, and Zadarius had 60. Right away, I love the signing. Yeah, that bodes well for just creating pressure and chaos for the quarterback, something that in my and many Packers of fan, Packer fans' opinions has been a glaring absence from our defenses for two or three seasons for sure. Absolutely. And I did mention D Ford. You're all aware of who he is. He's the outside linebacker, former outside linebacker of the Chiefs. He was the most coveted outside linebacker in free agency. Um, Zadarius Smith actually hit the quarterback at a higher rate than D Ford did. This is going back on the pressures. Um, what I like about him most is that he is being called kind of Mike Patton's new chess piece. Uh, because what he did a lot was on third down or obvious passing downs, uh, he would line up in the interior line and do a lot of havoc going up against centers and guards. We all know the quickest way to the quarterback is from the interior of the line, and he got to the quarterback a lot by doing that. Yeah, it's interesting to see, actually, the numbers that you have laid out here. Um, Half of the Packers' pressures last year – were our sacks. Those were half of that, that accounted for half of our pressures. So we're going to have a guy who's going to be able to create pressures that, you know, might not end in a sack, but he's going to force the quarterback to do something that he might regret, whether it's coming from the interior line or from the edge. Exactly. Exactly. So overall, right away, when I heard about this, um, I was excited. I know the Packers were trying to trade for him last year. Um, but all in all, great move. Uh, there are some red flags. Um, before last year, he, he did not make much of an impact or, or was he anything special? Um, but he started playing well in his contract here. Now I'm not saying he's Cletus Hunt, but let's see if he's worth the contract and he plays up to his contract. Yeah, Tyler, you hear me saying very regularly that whenever our teams make a signing or don't make a signing, 
my number one argument is it's not my money. Like, why not sign it? And it feels really good to finally say that the Packers are spending some of the money that actually might be my money uh, with all their tax money that I'm spending <laughs> in that new uh, title town district. But, no, it's honestly, it's really refreshing to see, and I'm happy to see him spending money for once. Um, it's really exciting. Now, Zadarius Smith was not the only outside linebacker, nor the only Smith that the Packers picked up in free agency. Preston Smith uh, was signed four-year, $52 million, $16 million guaranteed. He's a former second-round pick by the Redskins. He was taken eight spots after the Packers picked Demarius Randall in the first round. Where is he playing? The Browns, I think. Not on the Packers. Yeah, I remember that. Um, so it looks like among qualified players, uh, he was graded fourth best edge rusher in the NFL at creating pressure. Um, that's something that, as we addressed with Zadarius Smith, it's something that the Packers have lacked in the years past. Um, he's gotten 24 and a half sacks throughout his career and has had a minimum of 10 QB hits in each year of his career. What I like about this guy the most is that in the four seasons he's played, he started every single game um, for the last three years, but he has never missed a game. Is this the anti-Nick Perry? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it sounds like the anti-Packer, you know, just with the last few years of injuries and seemingly a decade of injuries in Green Bay. Um, Hopefully that stays true. Now, some people might look at his stats, and uh, he only had four and a half sacks last year. Uh, But as Marty mentioned, he is great at pressuring the quarterback, but he's also versatile. I mean, he has experience dropping back into coverage. They didn't use him as a in-your-ears-back-rush-the-quarterback guy all the time. Um, Pete Prisco of CBS Sports, uh, he gave a grade on him. I'm going to read a little bit of a quote. A little quote from Frisco, uh, Preston Smith, one of the most underrated players in this class. Smith had four sacks last year, gave him 24 and a half in his career, but he had over 50 pressures for the Redskins. In the Packers scheme, he will play a stand-up outside linebacker who coordinator Mike Patton will love to have. He's one of those 26-year-old players who is just now reaching his prime years. This is an outstanding signing, grade A. Yeah, really looking forward to seeing Preston in green and gold. Um, hearing the grades from uh, Pete Crisco definitely doesn't hurt either. I like how he mentioned, too, that the, a lot of people have to understand that these aren't throwaways or rejects that other teams, they just don't want the players anymore. The other teams have to make a decision, too, uh, based on their salary cap and their needs and what young players that they might have if they can afford these types of guys. And uh, to get these solid edge rushers who can pressure the quarterback, say it again, that's huge. That's what the Packers defense needs. Uh, At the age of 26, in the prime of their lives, of their professional careers, um, they they should only get better. And that's just something I'm excited to see. So um, I must admit that I'm quite startled by this, but we have a phone call. Would we like to take our first guest here, Tyler? Bring him on. 
All right. Uh, we have a caller here. What's your name? Thanks for listening and uh, for calling in. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. Uh, this is uh, Lou from New Jersey, a first-time caller. Yeah, thank you so much for listening. How are you doing, Lou? All right. What do you got so for us today? Well, you know, I've been paying attention to the free agent frenzy, which is enough to make your head spin. Uh, somehow I don't think the Giants are going to end up, you know, the big winners in this. I mean, for one thing, look who you got. Golden Tate. I mean, you know, like there's a surefire winner for your team. I mean, I didn't like him as much at Notre Dame, and he hasn't really impressed me as much as a pro. I, I, I know that Manning is on his way out, but this is going to be your uh, replacement? Nah, I don't think so. Lou, this is a Wisconsin sports talk show. You got anything uh, for the Packers? Uh, I can't really hear you. You're, you're double echoing. I can't really make it out what you're saying. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah. This is a Packers talk radio show. Uh, a you Packers. got anything to comment on for the Packers? Oh, Packers. Mm. Well, mm, yeah, I think I'll call back another time. Thanks. All right. Thanks for listening, Lou. We really appreciate it. We'll talk to you again soon. Lou, uh, calling in from New Jersey, you got to appreciate the randomness of his phone call, but loved it. Um, definitely not a big Golden Tate fan here. Um, Notre Dame and obviously Fail Mary. Yeah, Lou, I can agree with you 100%. I, I, I hate Golden Tate. Um, I, I think we both can agree on that. Um, you got anything else for Lou, Marty? No, that's, that's it. Let's move on for uh, the uh, Packers free agency class that they just pulled in here. Um, from former Bayer to current Green Bay Packers, we got Adrian Amos. Uh, he signed a four-year contract with the Packers, $37 million. Uh, it's 11 guaranteed. He's the 11th highest paid safety. Uh, former fifth-round draft pick from the Bears. Uh, he is now a Green Bay Packers. Tyler, what's your take on this guy? Uh, if, if you were looking for a playmaking single high safety a la Nick Collins, this is not your guy. But that's okay because what a player like Adrian Amos does is he is a he's a sound defender, short tackler. Um, his 9% missed tackle rate is the 10th best among safeties who qualify. 22 of his 73 targets. Uh, for you know, the receivers receiving the ball, uh, resulting in first downs or touchdowns. This is ranked uh, in a good area amongst, I don't have the actual ranking, ranking, but it's above average and higher than above average. Um, his 27 coverage stops, fifth most in the NFL. He's versatile. Uh, he can play the run. He can serve as a nickel or dime linebacker. Um, I I don't know. I just I like I love this so far. Michael Renner of Pro Football Focus had a nice little piece on him, and he calls this the best deal in free agency so far. When was that article written? It was written the day after they signed him. Okay, so there was some significant movement. Yeah, by day three. He, I mean, of all the people that got signed, if you look at it, it's a, a four-year, thirty-seven million dollar contract. Again, we're not going to get too much into money. But Micah Hyde got a five-year, $32 million contract a couple of years back. And this is, you know, with a higher uh, cap space, too. So 
you look at that, I think I think it's a good deal. I'm I'm excited to have a safety back there who can make tackles and knows what he's doing in coverage and a veteran that can make sure that everybody is in their right spots. So a player whose name has come up in these conversations here has been uh, Nick Perry. Um, with all of these moves, he has kind of been the odd man out. He's been cut. He's no longer with the Packers, creates some cap space. Um, he's no longer with the team. And I remember a few years back, we made a big signing. I don't remember what the numbers were, but when you signed Nick Perry, it was a big deal. And, um, yeah, we, we extended his contract after he had a great contract year. And he's just, I mean, I, I feel for the guy. He was good in the community. Um, he, was, he was a professional. He just could never stay healthy. Sometimes that's um, the player's fault for not being tough enough to do it. And sometimes people just have hard luck. And a lot of Nick Perry's injuries were hard luck. Uh, random broken bones, playing with a club, things like that. Um, it's too bad he couldn't be more of a success in Green Bay, but I'm excited that it's time to move on and, and have different players, reliable players, hopefully, uh, be staples of this. Right, it's a new era. We've got the Matt LaFleur era starting now. Different team, different priorities. Um, just transitioning to a new style of play. What do you think about the upcoming draft now that we have solidified three important spots on the defense? Well, this is very reassuring, knowing that we made all these signings and definitely take some of the pressure off the draft because there were a lot of um, holes in the field. But this definitely kind of takes the pressure off the draft, and I think now the priority becomes offensive line, definitely some more safety help. Um, I mean, maybe, maybe receiver. I don't know. What do you think, Tyler? Well, I think what's nice is that the pressure isn't on the Packers to draft defense or an outside linebacker anymore with their first two picks in the first round. Um, if they went right guard and tight end, I don't think anybody would blink an eye, to be honest with you. I mean, you could argue or disagree with it, but we, we have – guys and veterans now solidified on our defense and if we want to shore up a right tackle position uh, there's a kid from Alabama who is projected right around pick 12 that kid and you know how offensive linemen are most of them if they're good enough they can step right in yeah, it's still learning the scheme and getting to know the players and getting to know the quarterback but usually those are the kind of guys where rookies can become all pros if they're good enough um, and that would solidify a spot where Brian Belaga, I mean, he's been a great Packer, but he's another guy that just hasn't been healthy. And Aaron Rodgers, he he really hasn't had a great tight end since Jermichael Finley. And I know that a lot of people are kind of keying in. Uh, I think his name's Noah Fant or Noah Font from Iowa. He's the second Iowa tight end that's supposed to go in the first round. Uh, just had a great great combine and his numbers just kind of blew off the charts and he could he could be a weapon that the Packers pick up at the end of the first round to give Aaron um, um, some more uh, people to throw to. Right, we did just sign uh, Mercedes Lewis to a one-year deal uh, or extension. That's right, and he's going to be in there for blocking purposes and I think 
I could go on a whole tangent about how Mercedes Lewis should have got more targets in the red zone because the guy is just a complete, he's an animal. He's a beast. All, he, all Rogers had to do was just kind of float a ball up to him. But so, so next year, I mean, we're looking at Jimmy Graham, of course, but there's an option that, that we do cut him and just kind of eat the money. Um, but I wouldn't mind seeing Jeremy Graham out there and, and the kid from Iowa and then Mercedes Lewis. And you got three, three tight ends right there. I know that they did tenure Tunyon as well. And I know a lot of Packer fans love him. He's the next Mr. Packer now. He is the next Jeff Janis. Yes. So I was thinking, it's kind of a tangent, sorry, but, uh, you know, in Packers, all we've had, at least growing up, we've had multiple Mr. Packers. You know, most recently we've had Donald Driver, Don Coon, uh, Janice, Aaron Rickowski. Uh, with Coon's retirement, Rickowski's not on the roster anymore, is he? No. He might be. No, he was out last year. So, who, who's going to take over now as Mr. Packer? Who's up next? I'm it thinking. I'm thinking Tanyan is the guy. Uh, and he did have an awesome touchdown last year. Like it was Rogers' best play. It was vintage Rogers, like rolling out to the right and then throwing it 60 yards on a dime. And then Tanya just kind of did the, huh? the whoopsie kind of arms out. He did a Jordan, like, you know, three-pointer. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, so that was, that was kind of cool. So, yeah, I think that might go in Packers lore and solidify himself as the next Mr. Packer. And maybe we should make that a, a poll. We'll make that a poll question for our next show. Who's the next Mr. Packer? We'll put up a poll. Check us out on Facebook. We'll put up a poll question. You let us know who the next Mr. Packer is. And if there's any other dudes out there listening and uh, want to talk to the show and let your opinion be heard, give us a call at 646-787-8020. Definitely would love to hear from you. We're live for about another half an hour here. Again, that number is 646-787-8020 if you have anything you want to add to the table as far as the Packers free agency moves are concerned. But uh, we're going to move on from the moves that we made most recently to some moves that maybe we should have made a couple of years ago. Tyler, why don't you break down some of these numbers that you put together today? Great, great transition there, Marty. I'm going to ruin the transition by stating that uh, we also picked up an offensive lineman that we didn't do much research on. Why didn't we do much research on it, Marty? Uh, it's not responding. Exactly. Those guys are boring. They're very important for the team. Exactly. We need them. Do you know his name? Um, I did, and now that you're putting me on the spot, I definitely think that it's Billy Turner. Oh, I think that's right. Yeah, that sounds right. We're yeah. going to go with Billy Turner. Yeah, From what a regular I... sounding name, you know, it's like he could be in, you know, a movie. Billy he Turner. could. Billy Turner could be in a next door. Exactly. Uh, maybe. Maybe he could be the next Mr. Packer. You don't know. <laughs> from what I know about Billy Turner, from what I've heard, he's kind of a career fringe backup starter. Uh, he can fill in at tackle and guard. He's 27 years old. 27 years he's old. He in the third round in the 2014 NFL draft. So he has some draft pedigree. He's uh, 6 313 pounds. Big dude. Most recently played at the Broncos. I know the Broncos wanted to re-sign him, but the Packers' offer was a little too rich. I do love seeing two play college football at North Dakota State. Oh, I love so, that. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah. anything that's Midwest, uh, North Dakota State, too. That's cool. That's a Division two too. Powerhouse. 
powerhouse. Yeah, so that's that's pretty neat. So good for him. Good for Billy Turner. He got a pretty big deal. I don't I didn't have the numbers that he got a pretty good deal. I think it was like a four year twenty something. Yeah, it's definitely a couple million dollars. So he might be right away um vying for uh, one of the guard spots, or um, he might be getting a little bit of work at right tackle, depending on if we cut Balaga or if and when Balaga gets hurt. Right. Well, Unless yeah. you guys want to Briggs back there. Okay, Marty's shaking his head. Yeah, just <laughs> Back to what Marty was alluding to, though. Uh, we're going to look at the Packers drafts from 2012 to 2015. Uh, Ted Thompson is known as a draft and develop guy, and he was very successful at that earlier in his career as the Packers GM. But we kind of want to look at what happened, again, from 2012 to 2015. These are draft picks um, according to the draft and the develop mantra should um, have players that are still on the team. So we're going to go to 2012 and some notable picks. In 2012, Nick Perry. No longer on the team. We just talked about that. Casey Hayward. Casey Hayward signed a three-year, $15 million deal in 2016 with the San Diego Chargers. Now Los Angeles. Now Los Angeles. Yes, now Los Angeles Chargers. Sorry about that. Uh, He, with the Chargers, so far has been a two-time pro bowler and a second-team all-pro now, we drafted him, we developed him, and we decided not to sign him to a three-year, $15 million contract. Why don't we have this two-time Pro Bowler, second-team All-Pro cornerback on our team right now, Marty? I don't know, but $15.3 million is a chump change compared to what we just paid all these guys this year. And we could have paid him. And honestly, we probably could have paid him less than that because we're the Packers. We had Aaron Rodgers, home team discount. Who knows? Maybe not. But at the very least, fifteen point three million dollars is something that we could have afforded, and it's disgusting. Yeah, that's that was a big miss. That was a big miss in the draft develop and sign mantra that we should have been following. Moving on to 2012 draft, we also drafted Mike Daniels. Um, yeah, I like Mike Daniels a lot. Um, Iowa boy. Iowa boy. He's he's the voice of our defense. He's he's got a lot of energy. He, he clears up linebackers uh, in the run game and pressures the quarterback. So here we go. Moving on to 2013, David Bakhtiari, great draft pick, fourth round pick, has been protecting Aaron Rodgers' blind side for a number of years now. Yeah, him I like. Yeah, I like him a lot. One of the best left tackles in the game, probably. Uh, J.C. Treader, if you guys remember him, he was a former guard. He was drafted right behind David Bakhtiari. He signed a three-year, $16 million deal with the Browns after his rookie contract was up. And I think it's safe to say that J.C. Treader would be the best guard on our team right now if he was still on the team. Marty, how do you feel about that? Another one, that, that number is pretty low. $16 million for the guy to get hit on every single play. You know, that one hurts. Yeah, guy in the trenches that could, you know, open up some holes and protect Aaron Rodgers. I know Pro Football Focus graded him as an above-average player. I've been clamoring about our lack of offensive line for years now because we have the most valuable quarterback in the NFL, and yet we 
refuse to protect him. Exactly. I mean, David Bakhtiari can't go out there uh, in every single offensive line position and, you know, block for Aaron. Moving on, this one I think hurts the most for me. He was one of my favorite Packers of all time. Micah Hyde signed a five-year, $32 million contract out of his rookie deal. This is the year after he diagnosed a play from Dak Prescott in the playoffs, jumped a route, had a key interception in that game, the one that we eventually won against the Cowboys to go to the NFC Championship game. And we let him go, and the following year he became a pro bowler and a second-team all-pro at the safety position. Marty, is he better than all the cities that we have right now, not named Adrian Amos? Yes. Thank you, Marty. You're going to 2014. Ha-ha, Clinton Dix. I believe he's a bear now. He is a bear now, yes. So one safety from the Bears is now a Packer, Adrian Amos, and the former Packer safety is now a bear in and one of them, Adrian Amos, now with the Packers, who had a 9% missed tackle rate, um, is probably, I don't know the number, much lower. Let's just say that Haha Clinton Dix, his missed tackle rate was right around 75%. That seems like a <laughs> Maybe 60. I don't know. Let's do give or take. Maybe we'll have actual numbers. Lots of whiffs. Lots of whiffs. He did that, he did that uh, in D.C. too, once he got traded to the Redskins. Uh, in the 2014 draft, uh, more players of note, Devontae Adams. We don't really – he good. He good. He good. Corey Lindsley. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, solid center. I mean, those are two nice players from 2014 draft. Ohio State. Ohio State, you're right. Notice how this is 2014. I had three players of note, and that's about it because no one else is really worth noting. 2015, Demarius Randall. Ty Montgomery, Gone. Brett Hundley, Gone. Aaron Rupkowski, and Jake Ryan. Maybe gone? Maybe gone? He's still, he's still here, but he's not probably going to make this roster. Maybe he does. I don't know. He might be a reserve. I don't know how his knee is doing. He, pretty, he had a pretty horrific injury last year. But this is the 2015 draft, and everybody on the 2015 draft, not named Jake Ryan, is gone. Now, if you were counting at home, uh, from 2012 to 2015, the players drafted, there were 36 total. There are only four players from those drafts that are still on the Packers roster. And everyone was clamoring for McCarthy to get the boo. I mean, yeah, it's not all McCarthy's fault. Let's be honest here. If we want to go into that conversation, it's not. Hey, we, we've, we've talked about this, and we agree. It was time to move on maybe a little bit, but look at what McCarthy had. He had four players from four drafts on his team without really much free agent help whatsoever. And win games. it's really tough to win games. It's really tough to win games. We are just plugging in guys from off the street pretty much. So – and granted, he did have Ha Clinton Dix and Nick Perry on his team last year, so and Ty Montgomery. But any of those players that I just mentioned, it's not like they helped the team at all. Yeah, that and and marked what I mean you could point out Ty Montgomery for uh what, I don't know. Losing the Rams? Losing the Rams game? Yeah. 
Nick Perry barely played last year. And uh, Hi Clinton Dix didn't that Yeah, he played for half the year and missed about 70 tackles. And Yeah, I don't I, – I mean, we did need to move on from McCarthy, but it just needs to be known that this was not his fault. There was a huge mess that was created for what was had to stick around for too long. And McCarthy was stuck cleaning it up with a bunch of guys off the street. And it didn't hurt, or it didn't help that all the guys were hurt all the time. But, you know, I really cannot blame McCarthy for much of our problems, honestly. No, it's it's really hard to. Um, it's tough the way he went out. Um, and he was, he's a heck of a coach for the Packers. It was time to move on, but man, he had a pretty bad roster to work with. Just imagine if he had Micah Hyde and Casey Hayward on his team last year. You think you think with Micah Hyde and Casey Hayward, they would have probably won a couple more games? Yeah, it's a totally different season, I think, um, with competent defensive backs. You know, we just, <laughs> seriously, we just plugged in so many guys. Yep. I don't even know the number. But, I mean, I think we had – Ten different guys playing safety position last year. That might be a little high. I mean, it was a lot. It was a big number. I remember the infamous uh, Cardinal game where it was McCarthy's last game as a coach for the Packers, and this this safety it was the last drive for the for the Cardinals to go down and and take the lead, and the safety drops an interception. And I I looked at the TV a couple times and paused it. I'm like, who is this guy? Who is number 38 or 39 or whatever it was? I've never seen him before. I didn't even know he was on the roster. It's just the way the Packers season went. And honestly, you could count that as a blessing at this point. We needed to have these wheels start turning and just get some new ownership or not ownership, but I guess maybe that's the right word, actually, just as far as, you know, accountability and ownership for maybe some mistakes that some players number 12, might have been making and not necessarily being held accountable to. So, I, I don't know if the floor is going to be any different, but I think it was time for the regime change and I'm excited to see the new page. And Booty signing to is definitely a new regime. Absolutely. And and if anything, Mike Pettin, I think he did a heck of a job last year. Considering, considering the players that he had, I mean, he he drew again. We'll go back to this. Uh, the Packers had what was it? Forty-four sacks last year, eighth most sacks in the NFL, and their outside linebackers barely pressured the ball. Kyler, Kyler Fackrell had a nice year. I think he was in double digits, but a lot of those sacks came from nickel corners and safeties and middle linebacker blitz. It was very creative stuff with not a lot to work with. Now he has players to work with. Now we have a new head coach that may or may not hold Aaron Rodgers accountable, but Aaron's a smart man. He knows his clock is ticking. He's on the back nine of his career right now. I'm sure he's about to follow suit. So with everything going on uh, and the other teams in the division, uh, Detroit always sucks until they prove me wrong. They will continue to suck. The Vikings, uh, whoa, they had a little, uh, Face reality, a humble pie last year. Kirk Cousins is probably not their guy. And the Bears, as good as they were on defense, 
they had a lot of takeaways. And to duplicate what they did last year without the same defensive coordinator who has moved on now, and now that they're losing a couple players like Amos, and now they have to play a schedule where they finish first in the conference or the division, they got some tough teams to play next year. So, uh, like Marty and I are, we're the optimistic Packer fans. We're homers. We are total homers. I I could definitely see the Packers taking the NFC North back again. I think it's within the realm of possibility. Um, when you were talking about like Patton and how we're satisfied with what he did last year, I'm looking at we had five games last year where we allowed 30 or more points, and we won two of those games. Um, we were blown out in another one, but Rodgers didn't play in that one. But with Rodgers, our quarterback, you hold the offense or the opposing team's offense to under 30 points. Most of the time, we're going to like our chances to win. Yeah, absolutely. So we gave up 30 points to um, the Redskins in the loss, the Lions in a loss, Niners in a win, Patriots in a loss. Um, then we gave up 38 to the Jets in that game that we should have lost, but we won for pride for some dumb reason. And, and uh, 31 points to the Lions in Week 17. So two of those games really shouldn't matter, honestly. So pretty much last year, the games that mattered, we gave up 30 points three times. That's pretty good. Is that good? I think so. You're okay. saying because Rodgers should be able to put up 30-plus right. is the argument. Yes. Gotcha. If well, our defense can keep the opposing team to under 30 points, we should be able to win most of those games, in my opinion. In my opinion, if the Packers' defense is a top-15 defense, we should be playoff-bound. And in the past, we should have been Super Bowl contenders. Do you think Mike Patton's going to put together a top 15 defense with these new toys that he has to play with? Well, with the new toys that we have and the draft coming in hot, I mean, we have an influx of talent. We're optimists. If we're a top 15 defense, we're definitely going to make the playoffs and hopefully make a run for the ball. I don't know. Well, that's the thing. That only depends if Aaron Rodgers is an MVP player. Yeah, and he didn't look like himself this year. Is, I don't know how much we've addressed really on the show, but he was concerning last year. Lots of balls thrown in the dirt. Yep. Um, I remember specifically being at your bachelor party, um, you know, just under nine months ago. And I proposed that Aaron Rodgers was the greatest quarterback ever breathe oxygen on planet Earth. Most of the people there were Packers fans and generally agreed. But he didn't do much to back up my opinion this year in the way of making me look smart for that comment. <laughs> was it the knee? Well, was it the McCarthy yeah. thing? Was it, there were so many different – was it having rookie wide receivers? I'm Not sure. having Jordy? There's so many elements. Speaking of Jordy Nelson, you saw what happened today. I'm shocked that it took this long for us to mention. Yes, Jordy Nelson was cut by the Oakland Raiders today. The Green Bay, Wisconsin, 
Facebook pages have just been exploding with the desire to resign fan favorite Jordan Nelson. I'm not opposed to it. Like, why the hell not? You know Aaron loves him. They got that bad shoulder passed down. I'm on with the record. I'm on these podcasts that's saying that I guarantee that we would have won a minimum of at least one more game last year if Jordy was on our team. And uh, I think whatever we have to pay him, which isn't going to be a lot, would be worth getting him back in the locker room. If Jordy Nelson still wants to pay, play, we would have to pay him next to nothing, I bet. Yeah, I, I guarantee you, Jordy, we beat the Vikings last year in that stupid overtime game. Uh, we probably don't lose that Rams game. Maybe we do. I don't know. But we would have been able to extend possessions that we didn't just from his ability to catch the ball on the sideline almost routinely and get the first down and get the chance. Yeah, people don't realize that the reason the Packers didn't have a winning record last year, one of the many reasons, but a big reason was our third down conversion percentage was one of the lowest in the NFL. If you can't sustain drives, you're not going to win football game. Jordan Nelson is the perfect wide receiver to bring back in. Knows Aaron. They have a great relationship. I don't care if Aaron has to throw him open. He's still going to catch the ball. I'm yeah, go, I trust him. Absolutely. I'm going to go over Jordan Nelson's last five games for the people at home that did not follow this. In his last five games, he had 10 receptions, 97 yards. Six receptions, 48 yards. Six receptions, 88 yards. Seven receptions, 75 yards. And nine receptions, 78 yards. That does not sound like a guy who's about to retire. No, that sounds pretty good. I mean, his yards per reception aren't very high, but he's not that anymore. He is a possession receiver. He is a guy that once Randall leaves, is a guy that you can kind of probably plug into the slot. He can find holes in the zone. He's got a great catch radius. Aaron's going to know where he's going to go. And you just kind of put the ball in his area, and he can get that third and five, third and six, third and seven. And I think the Packers could definitely benefit from that. So here's an interesting stat when you're talking about our uh, third down efficiency. I am pulling up the uh, offensive statistics here. Um, completion percentage leaders on third down. Uh, can you guess where the Packers ranked in that? Uh, initially, I want to say 32nd, but I'm going to go like 29th. 26th. Ahead of Buffalo at 32, Giant, or Jets 31, Arizona, Baltimore, Cincinnati. Whoa, go back to what were the first three teams you mentioned? Uh, Buffalo. Rookie quarterback. That's rookie quarterback. Arizona. Rookie quarterback. Who beat the Packers? Who beat the Packers? With Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. And then we had Baltimore, who they had a rookie quarterback. For half the year. Yeah. And Washington, too. Al Smith got hurt halfway through the year, too. They had second and third string and fourth string quarterbacks throwing the ball. So that's definitely not very good for Aaron Rodgers. So, I don't know. That was just an interesting stat that I happened to look up after you mentioned that. I was curious about. Do you have anything else to add to the Packers? Are we done? No, I think think I'm good. I kind of want the football season to start now. 
yeah, I mean, I'm aching for baseball season, but, you know, mini camp is right around the corner, and well, first the draft. Well, the draft, end of the yeah, mini camp. It's going to be here before we know it. I think the next time we talk about the Packers, we're going to do a little draft analysis, pre-draft analysis, kind of pick the players that we want, players that we might need, players that we don't want, and maybe some trades that we think would happen. Yeah, that should be a fun segment. Um, it'll be interesting to see the Packers have a boatload of draft picks this year. I, don't, I think we had 10. So we're definitely going to make some noise. And two in the first round. I think we're still going to take a defensive end in the first two or three rounds. I don't care who we get as long as it's a player that can make this team better. And really, isn't that all that matters? Best player available, that was the uh, reported theory of Ted Thompson. Worked for a time. That time has come and passed. It'll be interesting to see what Fleur and Goody come up with here. We got 14 minutes left. We can end it now. Do you want to move on to Badgers? Do you want to talk Brewers? We're done. You got anything to say, Marty? I mean, I did send you some stats in regards to the Wisconsin Badgers men's basketball team and the bigs, uh, comparing Ethan Happ's numbers to the bigs of years past. Oh, yeah, I like this. I looked up field goal percentage, rebounds, assists, and points per game, or excuse me, per 40 minutes played throughout each player's career. I looked up Ethan Happ, John Luer, Brian Butch, Nigel Hayes, Frank Kaminsky, Alondo Tucker, Marcus Landry. You're hearing a lot of names, but, uh, you know, Sam Decker. Some former NBAers and current NBAers. And Ian ha- or Ethan Happ leads in every single statistic over every single one of these players. Not a single player has ever had a higher field goal percentage. Not a single player has had more rebounds per game or per 40 minutes. No one's had more assists, and no one's had more points. The closest, honestly, is probably Jonathan Luer, which kind of surprised me. Um, I knew he was really good. But numbers-wise, his are probably the most comparable to, to Haps. Kaminsky, too. He's got the second highest field goal percentage. But basically, the reason that I looked this up is because everyone's been dog and half, myself included. I think I can speak for you too, Tyler. We've kind of been dogging him. We respect his game, but we haven't necessarily respected it enough. And after looking up those numbers, I was shocked that he had better numbers than every single one of those guys. I mean, those dudes... We're talking John Lure. He was he was drafted in like 2011, maybe or I don't know. He's been in the NBA for a long time. He's playing with the Pistons. Still. He's made the most money in the NBA out of those players. Yeah, probably. You, you mentioned a who's who of the Wisconsin Badger big men, or at least front court men. Right. And and I saw the numbers too. It's head and shoulders. Ethan Happ, no one touches him. Yeah, Happ has ever or. 
I guess he is averaging currently because he's still playing uh, 4.1 assists per 40 minutes played. The next closest was Nigel Hayes with 2.9 assists. So <laughs> that's a full assist over. And he's doing it without getting to the line. He's averaging the points without getting to the free throw line and without making them anyways. <laughs> he might be getting there, but he's not putting any points in. Yeah. It's wild. It's honestly super impressive, and I'm going to miss him a lot. I know we dogged him a lot on some of our podcasts. We really didn't give him enough love in retrospect, but he was a hell of a ball player, and hopefully he can make some noise in March. Absolutely. Um, I think there's two things I got away from your list and the numbers you compiled is that, one, I will always love watching Ethan Hatt post up from the block. It is one of the greatest things ever. It is pure basketball. If you're a basketball fan, you can't not love it. And I'm going to miss that. I'm truly going to miss that. And another thing, too, is what you didn't add in those stats is three-point and free-throw percentage. There is a reason. There was a reason. I understand there's a reason. But it also shows how the game has evolved so much. I think Ethan Happ, if he was born in the 1950s, he might be the silhouette in the NBA Bas- you know, the NBA basketball logo. He, he could have been that good. But the game has evolved so much. It's so interesting how even a player like that, if you can't shoot, you you can't – I mean, I'm not going to say he can't find a spot, but I don't know. Marty, you think he's getting drafted next year? I mean, maybe someone takes a fire on him late second time. There's a lot, I mean, there's a ton of development that you're going to need to just work with this guy and shoot. Obviously, the, the G League would be his destination if he got drafted. G, G League would be his destination if if there are enough teams or a team that all takes is one that thinks that he could, could be something eventually, um, or he can make a great living overseas. I mean, there's there's a spot for him on a basketball court, and he is just a technician on the block and. Like I said before, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna miss his footwork and all the post moves and his finishes. That uh, I, just, I I can't wait to watch him this March. I hope they they make a deep enough run where I can catch a couple more games of of Hap before he's done. Yeah, and it, it, honestly, so watching this meltdown, near meltdown against Ohio State on Sunday, uh, which was a win that we needed to secure the uh, four seed in the Big Ten tournament. But our guard play was so trash that if Davison and Trice play like that in the first round, we're toast. There's no way we win a single game. And no matter what happens, he could have a triple double and, you know, have just a career game. But if Trice and, and Davison are not existent like they were Sunday in the second half, we're done. Yep. And that's a topic that we've discussed on the show before, but uh, we definitely don't need to add any more to that. It's an exhaustive topic. There have been so many things that uh, maybe guard or the Bears could have changed over the course of the season, and maybe we'll make those changes in March here instead of showing our cards in February. I don't know. But it'll be interesting to see. Tyler, you got anything else for us today? No, it was fun talking about the Packers for a change. It, it was great that Gutekunst went out and did something and and reminded everybody in Wisconsin that um, the, the Green Bay Packers are king shit. 
Not to forget the Milwaukee Bucks, who are still one of the best in the NBA. They got a two and a half game lead over the Toronto Raptors for the one seed. Again, they play tomorrow evening. Um, do they play tomorrow night? I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I don't know. I'm having a brain fart. I can't remember what we got tomorrow. Uh, but the Badgers got Nebraska 2 p.m. Big Ten Network in the third round of the Big Ten tournament. Winner will go on to the semifinals. Um, really looking forward to another March in Wisconsin. We're going to leave you guys with the new set it all song. And uh, just want to thank you guys, including Lou, uh, so much for listening to the show tonight. Uh, we always have a blast from the show on, and we can't do it without you guys listening. So thanks for listening, y'all. We'll be again uh, broadcasting probably next Tuesday or Thursday. And um, follow us on Facebook, Twitter. Our buddy David Waters, you've been reading his work on our Facebook page and on WordPress. He's uh, doing really good stuff right now. Go follow our Twitter. It's at Supper Club Sports. Our Facebook page is Supper Club Sports. Come check us out. Uh, We're out. Thanks so much for listening.